0: So my mom then explains that my parents were involved in a swingers lifestyle in the 80s and they had not been exclusive to one another. And this is probably when and where I was conceived.
1: Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. Welcome to episode 56. It is currently November 2020, and I did want to put in a plug for an episode being released on November 30th of 2020, if you're still in that month listening to us. It is going to be a crossover episode with Eve Sturgis of Everything's Relative. I really enjoyed recording it. It will be called Eve's Story, And she will also be releasing an episode that day, November 30th, 2020, on her podcast as well. And I had so much fun speaking with Eve Sturgis. I always get so much out of connecting with other NPEs. I hope you get a chance to connect with another NPE, either through an online forum, podcast, one of the NPE Zoom calls going around, Uh, Today, I get to speak with another one right now. I have the honor of talking to Sarah today. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Lily. Thank you so much for being patient and being willing to share your story today.
0: Absolutely. It's, um, I like I was saying, it's kind of one of those things that it's been a process and I'm happy to share with other NPEs because their stories have meant so much to me. And, you know, just like you said, connecting with other NPEs, there's nothing like it because they're the only people who get it.
1: Exactly. We get it. We totally do. Exactly.
0: Even our, our stories can be completely different, but it's the only people who understand really in our world. <laughs>
1: Yes, that's so true. And you have NPEs and and non-NPEs listening today.
0: Absolutely.
1: I did not actually get any of your backstory, which is fine. I don't ever need any backstory. So this will be my first time hearing this as well. So why don't you just go ahead and let me know your family of origin, maybe where you're from. Kind of start like that.
0: Yeah, sounds good. So I'm actually um, from Canada. I was born in the Toronto area, um, which I find a lot of stories come from the States, but uh, NPs are everywhere. Um, And I was actually the only child of my mother and my father. Um, And of course, when I say father, I mean birth certificate father here. Um, And I was kind of considered um, a miracle baby because they had been told they were infertile. Um, And I was a happy surprise that happened 12 years into their marriage. Uh, They were in their 30s when they had me, which doesn't sound super old nowadays. But in the 80s, when you had a baby in your 30s and it was your first, you were considered like an older parent. But um, my family was super excited, like my extended family on both sides, that my parents were pregnant. And there was a lot of celebration. Um, There's a considerable age gap between me and my cousins on both sides. Uh, on my mom's side, I'm the 12th cousin to be born, and I'm eight years younger than the next cousin. And on my father's side, it had been almost 11 years, and I was the only girl. And my Eastern European grandparents were just thrilled to have a baby girl in their family. So I was a pretty loved baby. <laughs> um, and growing up, I kind of became a little bit of a black sheep, um, but nothing super alarm raising. Um, I know there's a lot of NPs out there that they noticed something was off, but I was never one of those kids. I think I just chalked it up to the age difference with my cousins. And I also grew up in a different place than most of my maternal cousins. So I was just kind of different from the start as it was. And I looked so much like my mom that the fact that I didn't look like my paternal or my dad's side at all never crossed my mind as a kid or even growing up. Because I basically am a clone of my mother. Um, So, uh, But my childhood was kind of rocky growing up. My parents fought a lot when I was a kid. Um, There were a lot of arguments between my parents and sometimes between myself and them. Um, I remember several times my mom would like pack our stuff and say we were leaving my dad Um, or there'd be an argument about something super small like cereal or, you know, a spot on the carpet and it would turn into a big argument. Um, I tried it lightly when I was a kid and kind of walked on eggshells a lot, but I didn't realize I was doing it for a very long time. Um, Although I had a really good childhood overall, except for that. Um... I was pretty spoiled as being the only child, and um, I got what I wanted from my parents when I was a kid. You know, uh, we weren't rich, but I had all the toys and the games and all the new things that I wanted, and I had a huge backyard with a playhouse that my dad had built for me for my sixth birthday. Um, I used to have friends over frequently when I was a kid because they liked to play in our basement, and especially in in the winter, we had a huge hill in our backyard that they'd come tobogganing on, which was awesome. Um, We traveled a lot to see family as we didn't live near my mother's uh, side of the family. And we spent most of my summers in what is known as cottage country in our province. Um, Before I was born, until I was about five, my parents had a trailer in a small trailer park. And we'd spend most of our summers there. And we had a small community of friends who we knew and we hung out with. And we'd celebrate different holidays. We'd do Christmas in July and Halloween in August and stuff with the park. When I got a little older, we'd spent more time at my family cottage that had belonged to my father's parents. Um, We also attended church as a family. Both my parents volunteered. And when I got old enough, I volunteered in the church as well. Uh, The church was a really big part of our lives. Um, Many of our family's friends we met through church and its programming or from my Catholic school. But like I said before, it was kind of rocky at home, but we put on a really good front um, to the outside world that everything was kind of okay. There would be arguments behind closed doors and then moments later we would put on happy faces and we'd go to a church event or out with friends or to school and work as if nothing had happened. Uh, When I was in eighth grade, my parents sat me down and told me that they were separating. Uh, I still remember being really upset about it, um, but looking back as it as an adult, it shouldn't have really come as a surprise because nobody was truly happy in our house, and it was kind of the next step that my parents did separate. Um, so my dad ended up moving out, and my mom and I continued living in the house that I had grown up in. But my relationship was super strained with both of my parents as I was a teenager. My mom and I had like super high highs together and some really low lows. We had some pretty volatile fights. Nothing physical or anything, but just a lot of teenage angst from my side and mother and daughter arguments. Um, My dad, on the other hand, our relationship was strained at best. I didn't see him much in my teenage years. He had a new partner in his life quite soon after leaving my mom, and she's actually my stepmom now. Um, I'd only see my stepmom and my dad on occasion throughout my high school years, and usually just for holidays or school functions and occasional weekends. Uh, In my teenage years, I felt more and more like a black sheep in my family and even with my peers at school. I had a few friends that I kept close, but um, I was kind of also a loner in school. Looking back, I'm not sure if it was everything else going on in my life or just being an awkward teenager in the big world. Um, When I finished high school, I decided that I needed to get as far away from my parents as possible, and we had a deal that my parents would pay for my schooling as long as I stayed in the province. So I moved five hours away because it was the furthest possible school I could get to, and I had no external family in that city. Um, But I started to find out who I was and figure out what I needed, but after university, I decided that that five hours away wasn't far enough, and I moved 3,000 kilometers away from my parents across the country. Uh, So it was supposed to just be like a short time, but I kind of found myself and my niche and my circle of friends out here. And my but my parents relationship with me strengthened now I was actually further away from them. And we talked at least once a week to both parents. And I hadn't even done that when I was in university or even really when I lived at home. So the space kind of made me before like feel like me, and it's twelve years later, and I still live three thousand kilometers away from them. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of leading to me where like I found out about my NPE status. Um, and my story is a little bit of a weird one. Um, like I said, everybody's got their own. NPE story, and we have things that are in common and things that are different. But mine is a little bit weird, and I've heard other NPEs even say that to me. But you know, it's my story, and I'm starting to own it. <laughs> um. So, uh, as I mentioned, I had moved 3,000 kilometers away, and I actually met my husband, and we actually moved to a different province from the one I had originally moved to, and we started our lives together. Uh, we got married in 2017 after being together for a couple years, but uh, due to fertility issues, we decided to look into adoption as a way to grow our family and welcome children into our home. Both my husband and I have convoluted family histories and we both lost our grandparents at like a really young age. So we had a general idea where our genetic background came from, but we didn't really have hard and fast answers. And we had heard about like 23andMe and ancestry and we thought that would be kind of cool to figure out what our genetic makeups would be. Neither of us were expecting any kind of surprises. Um, Both of us knew we'd probably just see that we were from Europe and different countries, and that would be fun. And, you know, with the 23andMe, you know, figuring out if our caffeine intake or our ice cream flavor was right was kind of interesting to us. But we were going to wait for an Amazon Prime Day. Or a Christmas deal, there was no real rush for us to get it. We just kind of thought it would be cool and, you know, for fun, which, I mean, looking back at it now is kind of amusing that that's all we thought it was going to do. And then I offhandedly mentioned getting one of the 23 Me kits to my dad on a phone call one day in July 2019. And he began to get nervous and said something like, well, the government's going to use all your DNA against you. They're going to, you know, you don't know who's going to have access to it or what they're going to do. And I kind of brushed it off because that's just kind of the person my dad is. He, you know, has the extra security on everything at his house and watches what he posts on the Internet. I even joked about to, to my husband that my dad was worried the government would clone me and now there would be two of me. <laughs> um but a few days later, on a different call with my mom, I mentioned that it was so funny that my dad was worried about the government giving my DNA from this test. My mom laughed it off with me, and we talked about other other things, and nothing was off with that call. But three days later, she called back, and she was kind of panicked, and she told me that she was going to come and visit me just for a few days. This meant an eight-hour plane ride with at least one connection to come visit. This is something that has never happened ever in the 12 years that I've lived out here. My mom's only come out a handful of times to visit, and it was all planned like weeks or even months in advance. I was worried she or someone else I knew was dying, but she assured me that wasn't what was happening. So it just so happened that I had the Friday off work, uh, the week she called, and two days later she flew in, and we had a good morning, but I was still confused as to what she was doing, um, doing visiting me there. So we were going for a walk in the middle of downtown and she sat me down on a bench and asked me, are you still planning on doing the DNA testing? And I said, yeah, we're just waiting for the, sa- the kit to go on sale. And she replied, well, there's a 99% chance that your dad is not your dad. Hmm. Um, so I was like super confused. Like, what do you mean? My dad's not my dad. What do you mean? Um, and she kind of went on to explain that my parents had been having fertility issues So they had gone to a doctor and they ended up getting a donor. And even though there's a chance that my dad could be my dad, I was probably donor conceived. So this in itself was shocking, but not kind of out of the blue as I had known they were having fertility issues before they had had me. We went for dinner and then I went home for the night and my mom went to a hotel and I went home and I cried to my husband about it because it was quite confusing. The next day though, she revoked the original story of me being donor conceived and that there was a chance that the donor would actually know me or my parents if I went to go looking for them. So that again, now I'm completely confused as to what this means. So my mom then explains that my parents were involved in a swingers lifestyle in the 80s and they had not been exclusive to one another. And this is probably when and where I was conceived. She went on to tell me that there was a good chance that anyone I contacted would have wife and kids, but there was a chance that the wife would have been involved in some way or had knowledge of the husband's um, extracurricular activities, if you will. But she couldn't give me any names because there were a couple of them and she didn't remember all of them. So I was. this made me even more to be in shock and angry and mad and every other emotion you can imagine because, one, I'd been lied to, and then I'd been lied to about being lied to, and the story still wasn't complete. Um, My mom flew home the next day after telling me, and I knew there was no time. I had to get, you know, a kit immediately, so I ordered the 23andMe kit. And then I just Googled, you know, Parent, dad's not my dad, not donor conceived, trying to figure out if this had happened to anyone else. Because at the time when I found out, I was completely alone and couldn't think that this, that this could have happened to anyone else ever, right? This is just a me thing. But of course it wasn't. Um, something was missing inside of me and my grief cycle was completely kicking into overdrive. Um, I originally wasn't even allowed on a lot of the NPE groups I had found on Facebook because I didn't have any results from sites back and you needed to have tested before they were going to let you into the group. So I was really angry and frustrated and really had nowhere to turn. Um, but I am really, really lucky that I have a supportive husband who, you know, he was there with me through all of this He got the brunt of my anger and my grief. Um, I actually had a complete crying fit over um, our favorite ice cream place not having the flavor of ice cream I wanted. Kind of like a four-year-old just ridiculously melting down. Um, Because what else are you going to do in your life when, you know, nothing else makes sense? Um, But I was really lucky that without even knowing the full story, my sister-in-law, so my husband's sister... Uh, Flew in the next weekend after I'd found out to spend time with me because she knew something was wrong. Um, she is one of my closest friends and can balance me out with humor and junk food. And I actually told her the full story uh, while we were getting our pedicures in a nail salon done. And I'm pretty sure the nail techs are going to have, have still talk to about us this day because that's probably a pretty good story to be overhearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so my husband's entire family, like his immediate family, became the only ones he knew for a little bit. And they offered support, I mean, as much as they could without actually understanding what it was going through. And then finally, uh, in mid-September, while I was waiting in a drive-thru for coffee, I got my 23andMe results. So I pulled over to the side of the road, opened the app, had to know right then and right there, like, what was going on. And I knew that if I was biologically related to my dad, I should have come back with some portion of me being Eastern European. And I came back 0% Eastern European. And I came back French, which is from my maternal side, and English and Scottish, which would have pro- English and Scottish, which would probably have been from my paternal side. But there were no close relatives at all. I hear of people matching, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins. The closest person I had was a second cousin three times removed on my dad's side. So there was no no answers for me. Um, but however, getting my twenty three andMe results let me into the NPE groups so and finally I could see that I really wasn't alone and got suggestions for you know books and things to look into but I settled in the grief cycle at anger and I was angry a lot I was angry at anyone and everything and I actually got kicked out of one of the NPE groups because my anger spilled out in a comment responding to somebody Um, And I would say that, you know, looking back at how I reacted then, that's not who I am now. And if that person who I snapped at is listening, I'm super sorry (laughs) (laughs) because you're an MP too. So, I mean, yeah. Um, But so I sat with a lot of this anger and grief and betrayal of it, not really talking to my mom or my dad because neither of them were giving me real answers about anything that was going on. Um, And I couldn't really talk to anybody else and try to explain it without getting more mad and more frustrated at it. Um, It all came to like a very big head in the Christmas season of 2019. Um, I all of a sudden realized that there was a loss of culture from my dad's side um, or a perceived uh, loss of culture. Because traditions from Christmas on my dad's side were really important to me. Uh, before I had found out about it and they still are but at the time I couldn't see that um, the connection anymore so I spent a few days around Christmas reaching out to NPE groups that I had not burnt bridges with and learned that maybe Ancestry would give me more answers um, as apparently there are more Canadians who do Ancestry over 23 and me I don't know if that's true but on Boxing Day I ordered an Ancestry kit and I tested um, of course it was in the big, you know, everybody ordered at Christmas or got them for Christmas. So it took a little bit longer to get back to me and it got them back at the end of February, 2020. And there were, it was kind of the the, the DNA makeup was the same as 23 and me. And there were a couple more answers as my mom's side was a little bit more filled in as I had an aunt who had tested, but the only connection on my paternal side was the closest was a second cousin to me. So I went back to the MPE groups and I posted about my sadness and my frustrations and about having no luck and having nowhere to go. And as luck would have it, um, a DNA angel reached out to me and said she'd take a look at it and see if she could help me. Um, So what's surprising about this is they say that they can usually only help people in the USA. But since I'm in Canada, they weren't even sure they could help me. But this specific DNA angel said that she was going to give it a go. And within a few days, she came back and she had narrowed it down to two brothers, um, who I'm going to call C. Smith and P. Smith, because it's just easier to use a name. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And she led me to their Facebook pages and she said, do they sound familiar? And even though the last name sounded familiar to me, I couldn't place it in my memory. And after speaking with my DNA angel, um, she said, just contact your mom and see if she'll give you any more information. So with having these two names for just a couple of hours, I texted my mother a simple text. Does C. Smith or P. Smith ring a bell? And within like five minutes, her response was, call me. So I called her and she was panicked, completely freaked out that I had figured it out. And that P. Smith was somebody she had been with. And I did know him as well. P. Smith and his family were from our summer trailer at the trailer we had spent many summers at. At the time of my conception, he was married and had two teenage daughters, and I had very little memories of them, but when she told me that that's where they were from, I absolutely knew where the last name was from. So my mom told me, like, don't reach out to them, don't don't talk to them, don't search out their family, that I had already gone too far in figuring this out. And all, I could tell that, that it was more anger and fear in her that I was piecing all the puzzle together, um, maybe even puzzle pieces she hadn't figured out herself. And I didn't make any promises to her, which I think really did upset her further, but I couldn't promise that I wasn't going to reach out because I needed answers for myself. So I used social media and the internet to look. Uh, to search for the Smith family as much as I could. And I found them on Facebook and I found a couple of obituaries, which um, anybody who's looking for answer obituaries tend to be a good place of names and sources of people who are connected to people. Um, and I kind of stalked them on Facebook as much as I could. But after getting the names, it was 10 days later when COVID kind of hit Canada and the States really big and everything shut down. And there was a lot of fear and uncertainty in the world. And I said, forget it, I'm shooting my shot. And I decided to reach out to my, who I assumed was my biological father. Um, I didn't have an email or a home address, but I did have his Facebook. So I sent him a message on Facebook knowing it was a long shot. Um, But I also knew it might be my only way to get to him. And who knew what was happening in the world in, like, looking back in March 2020, like, Man, that seems so long ago, (laughs) Um, but there is no answer. So at the end of May, 2020, the day before my birthday, I actually found his daughter uh, T on Facebook and I sent her a message basically saying I was trying to get in touch with people from the trailer park and I was trying to talk to her dad. And if she had an email I could get to use to contact him, that would be awesome. Or she could even just explain to check his Facebook messages. I didn't real, ever tell her anything about why I was contacting him, but there was no answer again until in July 2020 when she got back to me and I was at work and I completely panicked when I saw that I had a message from her and she was kind of worried and wondering about why I wanted his email and why I'd be trying to get in contact. And I just said, I'm trying to connect with people from our trailer park. I gave her the names of my mother and father and explained I was their daughter, and we knew each other. I was trying to make a connection with her dad. Funnily enough, uh, T actually remembered me and my family as she was older, and she gave me his email so I could connect with him. Immediately, I copied and pasted the same letter I sent uh, from Facebook into the email. And within hours, I got a reply back. And the reply simply said, and this is like word for word, I'm not surprised that you found out that I might be your father. I have wondered about that over the years. It was during my drinking years, and it was a one-night stand. And then he gave me a quick medical history, told me not to tell his daughter, and that was it. I gave him a short email back saying thank you. and But one thing is, T actually added me on Facebook as a friend. So I suddenly had access into family photos and old and new. She had some historical photos of her father when he was a child and her kids and cousins. And I gathered as much of the information from Facebook as I could, but I never told her anything about why I'd reached out to her or why I needed to send him a message in the first place. But I knew that was going to be my next step was to tell her, but I wasn't there yet. Um. One week later, I got a really early morning message from T on Facebook, and it turns out that her dad had told her who I was and why I'd gotten in contact with them and why I was reaching out. She was so- shocked, but she was so welcoming. She was so friendly and so thoughtful and so helpful as we talked and tried to figure it out. Uh, we talked via Facebook Messenger and then via text for a, very long, uh, for a while, and we could see that there was a family resemblance between us. And we played a lot of nature versus nurture games with one another. It was weird to find out that we had things in common, like the love of swimming and the love of hockey, that we were both animal lovers. And it was just a couple things that we found along the way. One thing I did notice is that I have my paternal side's nose. Even though I look like my mom, I've never had somebody else have the same nose. But I see it in the baby photos she shared of her family members, and I can see it in her kids now. One great thing is that T agreed to take a DNA test to confirm things, even though by this point we'd already confirmed it. Um, Another week goes by and my biological father ends up telling his wife, who he is separated from now but was married to when I was conceived, and his other daughter as well. T also tells her daughter, who is my niece, about me, and slowly my small only child world is starting to open up. T shares more and more photos of her paternal sides and her kids. And then she has photos of me when I was little from the trailer park. And one of the kickers is she has a photo of me, my mother, my birth certificate father, and my biological father in it. Um, I'm not looking at the camera, but the fact that the photo still exists is very weird to me. (sighs) Um, So T took a 23andMe kit. Ironically, it was a year to the day that I sent mine in. And by mid-September of this year, we got the results that we knew would happen, that T showed up as my half-sister. It was confirming, like, a missing piece that I never even knew was missing, and everything started to fall into place. Uh, So T and I have been chatting on and off for the past few months, and we're kind of mad that we do live across the country from one another, because we can't meet right now. Um, But we're hopefully making plans for the future to see one another. Also, her daughter has added me on social media. And according to uh, other people, we're the two that look the most alike. Um, My mom has been a little bit more open about things since this all came out. She's actually been telling some family members, which is good because she used to avoid the topic altogether. But we still don't really talk about it because I can never get a straight answer out of her about what has happened. My dad, as in my birth certificate father, and I have an okay relationship since this all came out. He did know that he was. I think I forgot to say that, but my dad did know that he was not my biological father from the moment I was born, till we did the results. Um. And but he has not told my stepmother or his side of the family, and I don't think he ever will. And I haven't heard from my biological father or my other half sister, but. It's only been a couple months and I know processing that you have a new family member is kind of (laughs) a lot because we've all done it. So I'm giving them time and I'm still hopeful. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, being an only child and having a sister is kind of pretty cool right now in my life and we're getting to know one another. So that's definitely one of the things. And I've become a lot less angry in this journey because I was pretty angry at the start. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um and there's been a lot of self-healing and you know all of a sudden the reasons I'm a black sheep kind of fall into place and I figured out myself and even had answers that I didn't even know I had questions for so it's been kind of a process
1: I'm glad you touch upon that anger that you had earlier and you know maybe still sometimes have um and I'm I'm Kind of had a laugh at your the fact that you got. Did you say you get kicked? You briefly got kicked out. I got
0: kicked. I'm not going to list what group, but I definitely got kicked out of an NPE group because <laughs> I was angry. And looking back, I understand why I was kicked out. Like I was, I was PO'd. <laughs> I don't even really remember what was said, but it was like somebody was thinking something different. And this was mm-hmm. really early on in my NPE journey, right? Like, you're just feeling everything all at once. And I know people sit in sadness, people sit in grief. I sat in anger for a very long time about it. Um, And I know that's not healthy, but that's just how I processed. And yeah, so like I said earlier, like if you were the person who I got angry at or you were the mods I like snapped at, I'm so sorry (laughs) because I didn't mean it back then and I didn't know what I was saying. And I've definitely... (laughs) I've gotten back into the groups and I'm polite and friendly and helpful and (laughs) I try to be the best I can be now but yeah I I definitely had a lot of anger in the early days
1: aren't you sweet and funny you know I I'm 18 months in and I think today I got angry about something I read in the groups so I it was it's just nice to touch on this because um I think anger is okay. I think it's pretty normal to feel angry when you find this sort of thing and your life is completely upheaved at this point in adulthood. I totally
0: agree. It's just, but it's, I think it's one of the ones that we don't hear about a lot either that, you know, maybe people are just ashamed that they're angry, but you know, if you're an NP or you're finding out you have a sibling or whatever it is, like anger is a totally valid emotion. Just maybe don't take it out on random strangers on the internet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know find a better way but yeah it was definitely and I mean I do I still I I still get angry about things and about not having the pieces of the puzzles or why it took them I mean it took my mom 33 years to tell me you know that's Mm. angering to me that you know there were so many times especially because I grew up as a teenager with my mom that she could have told me and my biggest thing is I always joke like you didn't know who my biological father is. Like, what if I was biologically related to my husband? Like yeah. that always comes up in the back of my mind. And it's, it's a little scary. And that's one of the things I do get angry about, you know, when you go back yeah. and you're like, that, that makes me mad. Um, I mean, there's grief too, because there's grief, grieving process. But yeah, there was a lot of anger.
1: <laughs> no, Sarah, that's, I mean, what you were just saying about the fact that, because I think this does happen is, You know, when you don't know your true parentage and you're raised in a certain location, you could be, you know, connecting or having a physical relationship or marrying or whoever, someone you're related to. Whether it's a a half-sibling, a cousin, a second cousin, and because we don't know our true parentage, that's a possibility.
0: Exactly. Like, and my biological father is one of six. So, I mean it's a huge extended family tree on that side too. And mm-hmm. I mean, even like I said, I'm, I'm the 12th cousin on my mom's side, like families are huge. So, you know, knowing oh. that is super important, I think to everybody.
1: Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wow. I had some anxiety for you listening to your story just cause you've been, um, you were just told a lot of things, especially when you were briefly told you were donor conceived and, yeah. and then finding out about parents being part of a swingers lifestyle. I mean, all these things is just like, ah, this is a lot of information. It
0: was so much. It And it happened within like 24 hours and it all happened in public places, which, I mean, that's also a little bit of the anger because you couldn't even, I wasn't told in private. I was told, you know, sitting on a park bench in the middle of my oh. downtown area Um, so being told two different stories, too, is, you know, I had just gotten over the idea of, okay, I could be donor conceived, I understand that I'm going through fertility issues, I completely understand donor conception. And then to turn around less than 24 hours and have a different story was quite shocking. So...
1: And that's totally not fair to be told in a public place because then you can't really truly show your emotion when at the information you're finding. It's almost a little manipulative to actually be told in a public place. Yeah, like, just a smidge. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, um, thank you, Sarah, for sharing this
0: absolutely like I said I I know my story is a little weird and a little different but you know there's probably somebody out there who can connect with it and I hope that you know I've been connecting with the stories on your podcast since I heard them and Um, you know, even just so that I can't, I can't sit on a computer all day and read them that I can put them on in the car and not feel so alone. So, you know, hopefully there's someone out there who can do the same with this story or any of the other stories you end up sharing, Lily, because truly as an NP, it's, it's a godsend to have, you know, know that there are other people out there like us.
1: Yeah, it does feel good to hear other stories, doesn't it? It does. Now, if people want to get in touch with you, how could they do that?
0: So I have an email account, and it's um, It's My Life, so I-T-S-M-Y-L-I-F-E-N-P-E at gmail.com, or that's my username on Twitter as well, It's My Life N-P-E, where I tweet angrily sometimes about um, how I'm feeling about things. And at least I'm yelling into an abyss as opposed to yelling to, at somebody else. But I am absolutely always open to chat with anybody who if you need, needs a friend or you need to rant and you need to be angry. I'm good at that. So come on over and I'll be angry with you. So
1: Nice. Thank you, Sarah. I'll make sure and add those to our description. So if people want to get in touch with you, either of those places they can. Perfect. Thanks again to Sarah for sharing today. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE that would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.